All right, guys, one, two, three, here we go. Can I get a little motivation, a little energy? I want you to be excited with me. This is Juan Santos over to Counselor's Journey, and we are going to dive into another episode all about teaching you, mental health professionals, how to A, start, B, grow, C, scale a six-figure counseling private practice without, without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two, today. I was about to start a pretty cool rap right there, but I didn't, just to save myself the uh, embarrassment, if you will. I don't know. I think I would have had fun with it. But that's not why you're here. You're not a counselor's journey to hear me, hear me freestyle. You're here because we're talking about money wasters. Are you wasting your money in private practice? This is a really neat episode because all of us, right, we spend money. You got to make, you got, what is the saying? You got to spend money to make money. Not always sure that's a hundred percent true. So today's episode, you know, we could really break down the key areas uh, and key as far as like areas. These are just the ones that in the years that I've done consulting, operating um, this business, operating other businesses, I'm kind of bringing it in and really focusing it on private practice. Where are individuals wasting money? And of course, my loyal audience Individuals here at a counselor's journey to private practice. I'm bringing this to your attention. Now, before I do, I want to give a couple of shout outs. Shout out to a couple of individuals who have reached out via email. Somehow, I guess my phone must have been on there too, but I got a couple of neat texts. That was cool. I want to share that if you find yourself stuck in your journey to private practice, go to a counselorsjourney.com. Check out the courses on there. You may not need a consultant right you may even if it's me i'm losing some money telling you this but you may just need that course and that course can get you from a to b as far as teaching you the ropes you're not making a lot of those mistakes and you're speeding up the process what you're also looking at is and i kind of want to put up a couple of plugs here if you are looking for an additional service to add to your practice consider the one that's dear to my heart conducting immigration evaluations it's one that went all the way through the old school if you will to a doctorate level dissertation in it really wanted to just hone in on my craft ensure that if i'm going to work for someone it's coming from that expert level now this course it teaches you exactly how to conduct this uh, service so that you are doing it clinically effective and showing up with integrity. You could also find that at a counselor's journey. And then for any individuals, if you do want the one-on-one or one-on-two, since my wife and I do it together, and you want a consulting, let us know. We are here to support. Now, today, I want to save money. <laughs> I want to stop spending all that money in this practice. Here's here's a couple areas that I want, I want you to look at. The first one is I want you to think about if you're running any kind of ads, ads also include, it also includes psychology today, good therapy, any of those places that you're shelling out a couple of dollars. So many individuals, nine out of 10 that come in for consulting, I'm sitting down with them and then we're writing down, where are you spending your money? So they're, they're putting on their psychology today. So we put the figure, they're putting on their, all these other directories and I get it. I get it. You know, from time to time, I throw my practice on there. Um, I may even encourage individuals, but we're talking about money wasters here. And what you want to look at is you want to make sure that if you're throwing out money in any of those directories or to social media ads, what's the ROI return on the investment? Is it coming in? If you're spending $30, write it down. 
So typically the average client has about 10 sessions. And that's just typically if you're providing some sort of specialty, maybe solution focus, briefs, they're coming in a little bit um, in and out a little bit quicker. So you want to be able to identify, okay, here's where I'm spending money when it comes to ads. And here is what the return on investment looks like. What you also want to look at is windows of opportunity during the entire year. So here's what I mean by this. And this is a little neat area that I started really digging in when it comes to numbers. You've got your entire year. All of us in our business, we have valleys, right? We have ups and downs where things are thriving. And for some, often is the summer, right? The summer, kids are out of school, parents don't have that same flexibility of schedule. Money may be tight for expenses like mental health. So um, maybe there's families that are traveling a lot. So a lot of therapists will come in and see consulting because they want to figure out what do I need to do during the summer to level up my practice and make sure that the numbers are not going down. Now, what you want to look at is you want to think about, okay, you're spending money on ads. You're spending money on directories. What if you pause? So pause during the times of the year where you may not need as much. So let's just say that it's the opposite. You don't have a summer slump. You have, you're thriving during the summers. Well, what if during June, July, August, you decided to pause all of your ads? How much money would you be able to accrue? And then what could you do with that money? This is uh, really neat. I did this with a client not too long ago with our uh, consulting client. So we wrote down that, and the number was like almost $4,000 that they were spending during the summer. So we said, here's something really neat to look at. I'm just gonna, you may hear my pen in the background. So you got $4,000 that you would be saving during the summer, June, July, August. And, and that's just in one year, so it may not be a big deal, right? Um, but this individual, they, they have been in practice over a decade. And we were kind of just averaging out the numbers and we're like, all right, so that's 10 years. So now you're at 40 grand, right? You're at $40,000. And then we went, okay, I want you to think about what does retirement look like for you? What do the next steps into your, into your life look for you? Because that 40,000, that could be converted into maybe a property that you're, you're gonna buy, right? It could be a distribution to your business and then that a distribution from your business to you. And then you can use that money to in, invest in a different category of life such as the example here that we talked about, because I'm super into investment properties, maybe you get that and maybe you put it into a rental or a duplex or a triplex. You look, can that be my down payment? It could be a short-term rental, a mid-term rental, and you're putting it in there, but it all comes back from, are you wasting money, right? So that entire conversation may get you really excited, like, wow, can I, can I do that? More than likely you can, but you have to come all the way back down to that foundation. Where are you spending money? Where are you wasting money? Next area that we look at with um, money wasters, and this one is, <laughs> this is debatable because not everybody may be on the same page here, and it goes with training. There's so many avenues of training that you're going to do, and we know because of our license, we have to engage in our CEUs, continuing education. I, I just want you to think about it. I want you to think about, are you investing in trainings that are providing what you need it to provide versus wasting money in a specific training? Um, so, so this one, I've, I've got just a few examples here, and it's something else I like to do with consulting. The individual will come in, it's pertinent to why they're coming in, but we'll look at what trainings have you done, and what have those trainings done for you, because it goes both ways, and it cannot, well, my encouragement is I hope that it solely is not a check mark for your, what your needs for the board, so you have enough um, continuing education to maintain license status. Hopefully, it's not just that. If you're going to be spending money on trainings, let it let it be an investment. So here's an example. Students come in and they take trainings that have to do with 
whether it's um, my uh, training on growing your private practice, or it could be the training that I provide on conducting immigration evaluations. Well, what does that mean? That means they invest in those trainings and they cost a couple of dollars, but the ROI is that they're providing a service now that's gonna bring them back way much more than what they were investing in that initial training. And then what happens when you, you know, you're, you're late on your CEUs and it's like a couple of months beforehand and you're like, oh crap, right? You're, you're scavenging, trying to figure out what trainings you're going to do. And maybe you're listening to this and going, yeah, that happened. That's currently happening to me right now. And, and then you go and you get all these CEUs, but they're not like worth it, right? They're great because they check a box and, and maybe you got some clinical aspects from it, but it's a bit different if you were actually honest with yourself and said, okay, is this training going the extra mile? And this doesn't just go with practice, private practice development. It can go with your clinical side as well. Maybe you want to think about CEUs that have to do with EMDR. Or maybe you want to do CEUs that go into DBT training because you want to put in some groups into your organization so that you can look at what can the cash flow be from a group status versus uh, like group psychotherapy versus uh, individual one-on-one. So this is where we want to look at. Are we wasting money? And you want to go deeper. You want to figure out where you're spending money, why you're spending money in those areas, what ROI you're looking from them, what is that long-term projection, what are you doing with that money, how is that money creating maybe passive income or addressing certain goals that you have now and goals that you have later. All right, are you getting excited? I hope that you are. Let me get this little side note here on, on money. My wife and I started doing chores for the kids. So we just printed off this uh, chores activity, put it on the refrigerator, and my kids are like, um, how much is it? And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, well, let's do a dollar, a dollar a chore, right? And my kids are like, okay, that sounds great. And they just go after it. Like they're running upstairs, picking up stuff. And my wife's like, man, they got some energy into this. So then I tell her, <laughs> I catch her up. I told her, I told her we were going to do chores, but I didn't give her all the details. <laughs> I was like, I didn't tell her how much money they're about to get or how many chores. <laughs> and I'm cracking up. And then she goes, um, well, let's tell me about that. Where's the chore chart, right? The chore chart. So then I show it to her and she's like, honey, this is like $72 uh, within a week that they can pull from this chore because you're doing a dollar a pop and there's seven days a week and there's like 10 plus chores on there. And she's like, this is going to add up. And this is probably why they're so excited running everywhere. So I was like, scratch that, everybody. Come back to the playing field. 25 cents a chore. They were, they're, they're still super excited. And you know, you're probably listening to this like 25 cents. Hey, listen, there's like 10 plus chores on there. So if they get their cards right, they're going in it. And, and I bring this to the attention because within our household, we're developing financial literacy. And I think it's important that as you're building your private practice, you're looking at this conversation that we're having on are you wasting money in your private practice? It's not solely on are you wasting money? It's on financial literacy. It's on being able to have these categories of your life. You know, you are competent on your clinical knowledge. You know, you know, you know what the DSM is and, and the definition of PTSD and anxiety and so forth. Well, you're also operating a business. And it's important for you to have knowledge of finances, knowledge of how to move the money around, how to make it do certain things for you. That journey of financial literacy is one that my spouse and I, we've been on for over a decade now, just really accepting that, hey, this is not something our parents really brought to us. You know, we saw what they did, but we never really had those conversations on what is a IRA, what is a 401k, what are the different type of investments, you know, why do we want to be in certain tax brackets? You know, what's the difference between a 1099, a W-2 tax bracket? 
how do we get to these future projections? So we we and we're still doing it. You know, we're going into the rabbit hole of learning and building that knowledge. You know, the the school of the hard knocks, if you will, of learning that area of financial literacy. And hopefully, you're able to as well. You know, you're able to look at where is your money coming from and what are you doing with it. All right, next area that we want to look at is just a big term marketing in general. So earlier I mentioned marketing from the ads point of view, but I also want you to think about marketing from where you are spending money as far as like business cards, products, um, maybe maybe a therapeutic ball, maybe items that you bring into your practice that have to do with marketing. And then I want you to think about the same item there. Is it providing the return investment you're looking for? So this one, the, the example I have here is I worked with a clinician and we're doing a video session. So somehow in there it got fun and goofy and they start showing me all of these, which I thought were really awesome, awesome gadgets. They had like pins that would show a light uh, they had the squishy balls, like your stress balls. They had some um, little uh, towels that keep you cool. And I was like, well, that's, awesome. that's awesome. So we went into the purpose of it. And they told me the purpose of that is to give it to a client they're going to work with so that can lead to other clients you know, seeing their product around the community. And, and I thought that was really neat. And I said, well, how, how are you measuring it? They did not have a way to measure it. I said, well, what you can do is you can add into your intake process, how did you hear about us, and add that as a question. Did you see our blank um, in the community? And it lets you have at least something that you're measuring. What I also encourage them to do is I said, this is not like a bad idea what you're doing, but it could be taken to the next level. Maybe you could look at looking, excuse me, you could look for um, opportunities to have a booth, whether it's at a farmer's market, um, chamber of commerce, somewhere where you have a booth and you're bringing people in you know, with the cause of mental health, and you're providing them with those items that you have there. The example that we focused on was the wheel. So you got this giant wheel that you spin, and you can have a prize. And the prizes could be those items that you have there. So now people are getting really excited about it, and is bringing more awareness to this booth, your table, and, and then leveling up your practice. So now you're going away from, potentially, this is a marketing money waster, to now it's uh, an investment that you, that you can measure, and it's making a lot of sense. Uh, next money waster. This is one that I go back and forth uh, with different individuals. It just depends on which avenue you're going to go in, and it's your overhead as far as rent. So let's say that you've got your office. You know, with 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 COVID hitting us, a lot of us went remote, and I think if you're still using an office, it's it's not a negative, um, and if you're remote, it's not a negative. You know, it's with what you make it. But our conversation here is on money wasters. So I just want you to think about what if you closed your eyes and you were fully remote? What would that do? Would you be able to continue to operate your business? If yes, it's something to consider. And then what would you be able to do with the extra cash flow? That's something to consider too. Um, let's, let's use the example, right? So earlier I mentioned, let's scratch that. We'll make a whole new example. Let's say that at the end of the month, you are paying uh, $2,000, right? So um, two times 12, what is that, 24? You know, sometimes, uh, this is just a little side note here before we keep going on the math. I don't know if other people are like this. But math was not my strongest subject, so I would, when I when I do math, I always like question myself. I guess it's like a little anxiety. This is me talking out loud about it. Maybe a lot of people have it. So um, that's 24, 24k, right? Twenty four thousand dollars within a year. So you you think about that and you go, can I operate my business without having a physical office? And and let's just say that your answer is yes. Well, that means you have twenty four thousand dollars extra. Now let's say that you go no, but you can sublease it. And now you sublease it, and that brings you down to $1,000 a month. So that means at the end of the month, you have an extra $12,000, right? And let's just say you go even further. So let's say you break that $1,000, and you sublease it, 
and you're actually at 6,000 a month um, because you're not subleasing it to the same degree. Um, 6,000 a year. So you got three options. You can remove the office itself and you'll have yourself $24,000. You can get somebody to pay half of it and you'll be at 12, or you can leave yourself with a third of it and then you'll be at um, 6,000. So those three categories, think about that and go, you know, what if I what if I stop paying for this office and I am left at 24k? What would what would you be able to do with that? You know, in one year is 24, in two years you're at 48, and then it keeps going and keeps going. And and more than likely you're operating your business, your counseling practice for a lot of reasons. You're operating it for one of the core reasons, which highlights our identity, is you are operating it to support other people, to be a, a leader in service to advocate and to, and to be present for the patients that you serve. And let's, let's talk about the obvious one. You're operating it because you're creating a lifestyle. You want food on the table. You don't want your stomach to hurt when you get hungry. Maybe you're operating it for other goals. you got these long-term goals of a certain future you want for yourself, a legacy you want to leave. Um, maybe, maybe you're supporting external family. Um, and it could just go on and on of all the reasons why you need that cash flow to come in. So your business is one avenue of cash flow right? Avenue A. And let's say that you drop that overhead and now you're looking at, okay, even if I got somebody to come in half the time and pay for half my rent, I'm at $12,000 a month, a year that I could save. And if you did that for 10 years, you got somebody to cover that, that'll leave you with over a hundred, right? Now you kind of just think on that and just sit on it for a moment and go, okay, I've got over 100, you know, technically you have 120, you know, I got 120. What could I do with that to continue to support that cash flow go? And, and that could be, right, that could be a property. That could be investing in a separate business. Um, you could put that right into the market. And there's just a lot of avenues that go into that core goal and highlight financial literacy, highlights the conversation that we're having today, which goes right into, are you wasting money? So my friends, this, this conversation can go on and on. And I'm excited about it. I want to keep it going from 17 minutes, 18 to 20 to 30. But I've also got my two kids that are minutes away from getting home um, from school. I am excited to see them. I am going to hop off of here. And I'm sending you love. I'd love if you could, before you hop off, leave me a golden review. Tell me what you are enjoying about a Counselor's Journey podcast. All right, my friends. Catch you next time. As you head out today, guys, I want you to give yourself a big old hug, a big old high five, because listen, you're doing it. You're taking time out of your day to build your six-figure private practice. You are tapping into ambition. You're tapping into curiosity, and you're doing it here together. We're holding hands. We're walking on this journey, a private practice journey. Before you head off, do me a kindness. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know which episode really stuck out to you. Which one made you go, yes, I need to start doing a little bit more of that. Or yes, I am doing that and I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am seeing amazing changes. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to growing together on our journey.